0: Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm, Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks?
1: Socks. I'll check upstairs.
0: It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25 percent or more off your first year at Norton.com slash news.
2: On this episode of Trend Chat, we'll talk a little bit about President Trump, a little bit on the Emmys, which who knows may turn into a rant and our interview with Rachel Burgeon. So stick around to this episode of Trend Chat. Everybody, Welcome again to another episode of Trend Chat I'm your host Brian Bletsoe, And if you want to connect with us Whether on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter Just go to the same name Which is Trend Chat 24-7 And I write for politichicks.com If you want to read some of my articles Just go to politicscom Slash author slash Brian Bletsoe. And don't forget about the book Politics A Clearing Call to Political Activism, which is available now at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And it contains over 300 pages from different contributors like myself talking about healthcare, education, activism, which my article is in that section, talking about my time as a delegate at the Republican National Convention. So... As I've said before, pick up five copies um, for yourself then buy five more for somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I don't know how many times I think people maybe have heard on other episodes that sometimes I kind of just let the music play on. I, You know, I actually just like the music. Like I said before, I play the music just <laughs> when I'm just riding down the road sometimes. But, um, <laughs> but sometimes like when I do the little intro and then I play the music, y'all don't see me. I've said this before, but, like, I'm kind of still like doing a little cheer dancing <laughs> to the song, but y'all ain't here for me to talk about my cheer dancing, so <laughs> I guess let's get straight into it. Just a couple of topics, I guess involving President Trump, one in particular that's going on today is that um President Trump is at the u n that being the United Nations. Now, I was actually called sometime last week by a reporter asking me, well, what do you think President Trump should do when we had the speech at the UN? Which at that time, I remembered that, that he was going, but as far as like even having an idea what his agenda was, I just, I couldn't think of something, what was um. What was he going to be focused on at the time when the reporter called? But the one thing that just stuck out is that, okay, North Korea kind of just stuck in my head. And I was like, I, if I, I can't even remember the quote that is in the article, but I just said, hopefully he will, he can convince the rest of the you know United Nations or some of them at least to get tough on North Korea. And that's basically all I said. I said a little bit more, but that's all that got into the article. So I, I don't even remember everything else. But um, yeah, I, I'm the the speech at the UN is over now. I'm guessing uh, by now. And I didn't get chance to hear it all. I was actually thinking of what I was gonna say on here actually, and also my primary job of being a truck driver you know, just kind of waiting on things to work out this morning as far as getting on the road But that being said let me also say we are broadcasting right now out of Augusta, Georgia and just want to say that kind of just want to give people an idea of where I'm at because like I say, I'm a truck driver so most times I'm definitely in another city from the last episode <laughs> for the most part I doubt I ever have an episode that I'm in the same place unless I'm like off or something. <laughs> so just kinda give you a reference about where I'm at when I'm doing these uh doing a podcast. So <clears throat> Yes yeah, also, I guess another topic involving President Trump, <laughs> which is a little bit funny, because I remember when when Trump was talking about being wiretapped and Everybody in the media just got so up in arms saying, he's lying. There's no way the government could wiretap you. (laughs) And CNN definitely was one of them going with multiple segments on TV and articles on the website, basically calling President Trump a liar for even bringing up the thought of the government wiretapping him or anybody in his campaign. But now, in the past couple of days, that, you know, one of those outlets, CNN, has come out with a story saying that, oh, yeah, he was wiretapped. Oh, well, you know, it's, isn't that funny? You like, what, about a month or two late <laughs> with that breaking news? <laughs> um, and so now that, you know, if CNN says that it's true, so now they're going to run with it now because uh now they're like well okay well now we see that it's true and it's not like they'll take back all of what they said about president trump before it's like well we found out through our investigative journalism that it's true so maybe probably think twice before just going so outrageous with your criticism <laughs> about something so yeah that's no that's about it on that But, kind of keeping on President Trump, because we're kind of going in a bit of a timeline, is, I remember last week I was talking about DACA. And, at at that time, this was before the deal, or at least the talks of a deal, with Democrats. So now that's been out there, and here we are. And now President Trump has either... It's not a deal right now, but it is in talks of making a deal for DACA, which, well, not just for DACA, but it's included in whatever deal as far as so they were talking about, um, I guess, hiding border security included in that deal, which whatever that means. The whole idea of the wall is kind of a little fuzzy all of a sudden now. I mean, I m- remember during the campaign talking about this big, glorious wall that's going to be like 100 feet high. or <laughs> And every time someone said it wouldn't happen, he's talking about, I'm adding another 10 feet to the wall or something. You know, anyone who was following the campaign, you know, he was talking about the wall a lot. And um, now it's kind of like, I don't know, this. It, the definition of a wall. <laughs> I saw a article talking about that they were trying to talk. Um, I guess talk about the definition of a wall. Which time I saw that, the first thing that came to my mind is like Bill Clinton, as far as what the definition of is is. <laughs> and now we're talking about what the definition of a wall, and um, <laughs> you know. Even though during the campaign you can find at that time candidate Trump saying one thing and then you can probably find another a tweet some other time or he can do an interview and say something that kind of contradicts what he campaigned on and vice versa. So for me, this is not really shocking to hear about him dealing with Democrats. It's something that he actually talked about doing. So this is not for me. And it's not like it's, it was, I was part of some secret meeting. This was in an interview that he mentioned about doing this. Now he didn't say he was going to do this for DACA. I mean, obviously who, who would know what, what the issue would be that you would work with the Democrats on. But that being said, I knew he would do it eventually. One because he said it, and I know uh, you have a a good number of well, I can say a good number. I, I don't know how many, but you de- definitely have vocal, I guess, vocal supporters of President Trump that are definitely disappointed <laughs> in what's going on the past week or so. Now, the thing about that. When I hear about all this is because I I will see some people on social media that will call it a betrayal. I come across story of people burning their MAGA hats. Now, I don't know how many people are doing that, how many people are really that upset. But to the people who are, I just I guess the question I would ask is, is this a breaking point for you to not support President Trump in 2020? Um, I mean, I I don't know, but I do know this. If he continues this path of basically, I guess you say, working with both sides it's definitely going to alienate more than anything he thinks he's going to gain from whether it's independence or Democrats in general, if any. So, I don't see how this is helping him at all, really. Like I said, even though, for me, he said that he was going to do this, but I just don't see how this is really going to help him. And <clears throat> because, for one, independents, well, I would probably say, you know, Democrats especially, they're pretty set in their ways and <laughs> in their way of thinking that, you know, President Trump is the most evil man alive ever lived. <laughs> and they're going to keep on that narrative. And I don't see that changing anytime Soon, no matter how much he reaches across the aisle and do these deals and with uh, whoever, whether it's Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or whoever. So, so here we are again, basically with the immigration um, topic. Like, I mean, we're not talking about immigration as a whole. We're just talking about this one thing as far as DACA. But if this whole deal goes through and nothing, you know, the, the people who were who are here illegally and then and nothing happens and there's no punishment. Basically, you have turned this into another magnet for people to come across the border in the future. And I mean, I don't know, you know, whether it's Reagan or Bush or Clinton or now now Trump, I mean, you have people who go ahead and break the law. And eventually, you know, you, you know, they know they won't be be punished. If you break the law, if like crossing the border or something like that, then what's the incentive to stop people from doing that in the future? Because we have other examples, so you like to say you have the amnesty with um, with President Reagan. You have the what um, as far as what President Bush was trying to do, and you have this with with President um President Trump. Now, I don't see anything that is deterring <laughs> anyone in other countries to just come over here illegally, as opposed to try to get here legally. You know, do it the right way because they've seen time and time again of other examples of people coming here illegally. And then after if you hide out enough, long enough, or if you just hold out long enough, then nothing's going to happen to you. So, like I said, I don't see what's going to stop future illegal immigrants to not do the same thing but yeah it's um I mean we've had Obamacare now I mean how that basically is not going anywhere it seems like and now you have what's going on with this and who knows what's going to happen with the wall and who knows what's going to happen as far as any sort of immigration reform or what they're going to do about illegal immigration it's you know who knows i mean like i said we're seeing uh, president trump you know if he's going to reach across the aisle I guess if you want to say on this well what's the next thing he's going to reach across the aisle on I mean, who knows what it's going to be now but <clears throat> that's you know that's pretty much all i had i just those are thoughts i've had about The those particular topics involving President Trump. Now, before we get to the next topic, I guess we'll play a word from our friends with the Founding Project.
1: Hello, Trend Chat listeners! If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series. We think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today.
2: You know, the Emmys was on Sunday. have to think about it for a second. And like I said, this is not going to be a rant. Let me stop lying. This probably will be a rant, <laughs> but you know the fun thing about it. I didn't even know the Emmys was, uh, I guess, about to start until I saw the hashtags coming up on like on Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I was just going through my Twitter feed and I'm like, oh, the Emmys are today. Like I don't remember any announcement, uh, or in the commercial or anything like that well i mean given that i'm not really watching television especially network television that much so i guess it's just not um, i don't even remember what channel it was on was it cbs i'm guessing given that cole was the host i'm guessing so but i don't even remember but i just saw that it was on and i'm like okay (laughs) and even though I saw the hashtags and noticed that it was about to start, I was like, I am i don't care to watch. Um, I have no interest anymore at all. Even when I did have interest in it in watching, it wasn't that much. <laughs> and so now, given that you basically know what it's going to be about, Stephen Colbert basically told everyone what it's going to be about. And so I believed him in <laughs> how he said it was going to happen, how the show is going to be based on for a lot, a lot of it. Yes. We're going to give out some awards, but we're also going to, you know, try to bash Trump as much as possible. <laughs> it's basically what the, what was, I guess, told through, um, uh, by Stephen Colbert in this interview. So I'm like, well, I mean, what's the point? I mean, most, t- most of these shows I don't care about anyway. And then also to hear them go on, a just what three hour <laughs> wailing <laughs> about President Trump I, mean, I, I don't care about hearing all that so <laughs> so yeah I pretty much just skipped it and just maybe just caught some stuff on whether Facebook or or Twitter about maybe who won now I did have a, one prediction I forgot what episode it was but a couple episodes back when the nominees um, was announced I said, I don't know about anything else in the Emmys. I don't know who's going to win what, but I do know one person that is guaranteed to win. Now, just by hearing, I mean, I didn't even have to hear the nomination. I knew this guy was going to be nominated, and he's also going to win. And so, I said, Alabard was going to win. He, he's going to be nominated, and he's going to win. <laughs> That's a hundred percent gear. Now, you know, I didn't say hundred percent. I said ninety-nine because I, you know, it just can't be. I'm I'm just not one of those people that just says 100%, but I was like 99.9 point 95 percent that Alec Baldwin was going to win because it was just too easy for these liberals in Hollywood to just laud their praise upon Alec Baldwin and his great performance of President Trump. I mean, I could just, it was just too easy. So that was easy to figure out and it happened so so i did get that right now all the other awards and you know best supporting actress i i don't even remember the nominees and none of that but i do i didn't know that was going to happen and and you know just to show it did now you had to all the other i guess stories that happened in um during the Emmys with, with it, um, Dolly Parton Jane Fonda forgot who else was up there now but anyway they were doing this whole 9 to 5 where they were basically just using that song to mock Trump or to just to say mean things about Trump so and he um, had other I guess other little segments where you had you know, Stephen Colbert his whole little four-minute, five-minute monologue just basically just lamenting about <laughs> about President Trump and whatnot. So, like I said, that's the reason I'm like, what's the point of even watching this? It's just, just going to be nonstop this of <laughs> of of them just talking, basically trying to, I guess, <laughs> vent their frustration <laughs> about not having Hillary Clinton as their president right now <laughs> so now the thing about it i tend to want to say you know well i tend to say it myself and you hear it a lot that whenever these shows go on people say well who cares what they think and and they don't mean it they you know they don't matter in a way so who, you know you no know, forget them you know just don't watch whatnot. not yeah i I can agree with that, but it's not really that simple because whether we like it or not, these people, especially, you know, whether it's the Emmys or the Oscars or the Grammys or whatever, all these people have pretty much at least a quarter of a million followers on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And to those people, they, <laughs> their opinions do matter and they know that. These celebrities know that it, that these people listen to their every word, and you know, basically, I was just say, like these sticker For the most part, there's some people that are just like so devoted to these celebrities. So when they say something political, they take it as gospel. And so we can say as much as we want that these people don't matter. We don't. Uh, who cares what they think? There's a good section of the population who do care what they think, and. Unfortunately, they they hear them say all these things, whether it's true or not. They just, you know, their their fans are just taking it all in and basically being influenced to basically see the president how these celebrities are seeing. And so that's why they keep doing this. That's why they keep making these movies uh, with this liberal bent, because they are having some sort of influence over the people that follow them. So in that sense, you gotta, you kind of have to take that into account when you're talking about, um, you know, celebrity in general. Cause like I said, these people have millions of followers that are like, Oh, this so-and-so celebrity says the president is evil. I, I like so-and-so celebrity. So I, I think he's evil too. That, you know, Kind of that sheep mentality, but, <laughs> but one last thing about the Emmys, um, is that there was one clip that I saw that kind of really stuck out as, um, this actress named um, Essa Ray, if I'm, I don't care if I'm saying her name right, but, um, basically someone asked her who she's rooting for, as far as for the Emmys, and she said, I'm rooting for anybody black, and, There's already been commentary about it, and for for me, just hearing that it just it was really sad to see. Even though she was chuckling it up, her in the interview or whoever she was, and they was you know ha ha ha. But I just thought it was sad because it feel like we have basically gotten to the point that we have regressed to this (laughs) to this right now to where we just where we root for. Someone just based on the color of their skin. I mean, not because of talent. We just... I want that person to win just because... You know, that person's black. And I just found that really sad. Because... Now, I'm pretty sure... If people... When people talk about... Back in the... You know, back in the day, I guess you just say that. Where you had... At that time you had white people that would say that I'm you know, that would show that I'm supporting whoever, you know, like in sports or a boxer. So if you had a boxing match, especially back in the fifties or whatnot, or back when Joe Lewis was fighting, you if you um had a a white boxer and a black boxer, automatically the peop white people will get behind the white boxer just because he's white. Not because not because he's maybe a better, a better boxer just because he's white. And, you know, whether we're talking about just sports or even just politics, if that way of thinking was considered ignorant and racist, to think that way for white people back then, what makes it any different for anyone now to have those same feelings? I don't care if you're a minority, <laughs> but to have those sort of feelings, the exact same feelings that... If a white person said that now or had did that before, if you found out about it in the past, you would call them evil, ignorant, racist. But yet it's but yet now you have a black person has no problem saying that. And unfortunately, that is somewhat accepted in a way now to say that. And that's not acceptable. I don't care how many people think it is, but it's not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable then, for when white people did it, it's not acceptable for us as black people or any minority to do it now. So that. Oh, yep. That was a rant. Yep. I, I, that was officially a rant. I said I wasn't going to do it. There I You know, there I go. I did it. But <laughs> before we get to our interview with uh, Rachel Bergen, let's hear another word from the founder project.
1: Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today.
2: You know what actually I said that was a rant, but maybe it wasn't. I don't I really don't actually know what is the 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 minute the time limit for a uh, a rant to be what is what is it considered a rant? <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought about that just now but let's get to our interview with Rachel Bergen. She was well she still is down in uh, in Florida and we wanted to touch base with her and first, find out how she's doing and how the recovery going. And just talk a little bit about the Grassroots Leadership Academy, which she's a trainer for. And um, also about her time as a Florida State Rep. So, here's our interview with Rachel. Hello, this is Trent Chat. And we are pleased to have a trainer with the Grassroots Leadership Academy with Americans for Prosperity Foundation, Rachel Bergen, with us. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Brian?
2: I'm doing great. Myself, and but I definitely want to ask how you're doing because you're down in Florida. So first question, how is everything with you and how were you affected with Hurricane
0: Irma?
3: Yes, so uh, we, our family was very, very fortunate to not receive too much of damage to our property that we live on. Um, uh, Only a couple trees down and we had some branches and, and things that were bad. But our, our definitely our neighbors and our friends close by to us. Um, have had some pretty significant effects. We've had trees fall on houses and lots of flooding and um, power out. Um, several of our neighbors had power out for about six days. So um, there's a lot of folks who are still struggling with the impact of the hurricane, and we're just trying to work on helping people uh, rebuild.
2: Yeah, and so far as far as the recovery efforts, like what is going on right now?
3: yeah so we um I, even just even just yesterday I was driving down the road, and I saw uh, we had linemen that worked out from Indiana, from South Dakota even that were working on um, power lines and so forth in our area to help get get the restoration of electricity back and so um you know there there have been folks that have come down from all across the country to bring supplies to bring food to bring tarps. Um, to help people cover their houses, and and some of the locations we will just have to wait till the water subsides before we can start helping, like clean up. So it's uh, it's just going to depend on where you are. But I, I know that the third there's lots of help from across the country of people coming down to help restore the power lines and so forth. So we are very very thankful um, to those different states and, and the folks who come in to help us help us get back online.
2: Have you um like I guess have you seen FEMA or as far as um I guess, large groups as far as when it comes to helping out during, uh, you know, natural disasters?
3: Yeah. So I, I haven't seen any, any large groups specifically myself, but I know that there are, that they are uh, out there and that there has been a really significant amount of help that's been provided. We've had, um, offices that have set up uh, all over the state to help people and almost like a rapid response center where people can go in and, and give their information and try and try to get special assistance. So I know that it's out there. I haven't seen it myself yet. That um, doesn't mean that that, I, that they're not working. I know that there's been lots of engagement in different communities. So we're thankful.
2: Okay. So like I mentioned that you are a trainer with the Grassroots Leadership Academy. How has that affected on uh, what you're doing as far as anything with them?
3: Yeah, sure. So I I do train with uh the graphic leadership academy and we have uh, had some certification trainings that have been going on in the state right now, Florida and we've had to rearrange them a little bit. But we have I think I think six different locations, five or six trainings that are going on right now in the state of Florida. So we have students that are that are um schooling classes classes um, each week through the Grassroots Leadership Academy throughout the state, um, and they did miss a couple of trainings to get started. But we're going to start strong this week and get them all caught up on their courses, and they'll be ready to go. So, uh, as a former graduate, Brian, you know what that looks like. Um, they'll be starting week three uh, this week, and um, they'll they'll learn on how to build their communities and, and their coalitions and their in their communities. So. Uh, we're excited, and I, I don't think they will have received too much of a delay in getting started on their training. So, so we're excited to be to be doing these classes in Florida this week.
2: Well, you know, with this hurricane that went through Florida, that definitely is a a good way to, I guess, to have a real world situation as far as helping out the community. So, but now I want to ask you, I guess, just tell us everything about the Grassroots Leadership Academy as far as um yes. how it works.
3: Yeah, sure. So, um Progressive Leadership Academy was founded um really to engage citizens on how they can be the most effective organizers within their community, um, whether it be taking on a, a issue based campaign or whether they want to work on a, a nonprofit issue or whatever it is that they are that they're designed to do as far as building their community locally. And organizing to um help their community be be a stronger place that's what we are we are doing and so therefore we have um we have trained uh about um uh, almost three thousand graduates I think around the country, and we have been able to help individuals go and and, and work on building their community locally and You are a graduate of our program. You remember very much what it was like to go through the training for each and every week, but we have a, a great team of trainers across the country who are um, really experts in their fields of being able to teach folks real grassroots activism and how to do that the most in the most effective way. And so we we can have as many as oh, a couple hundred trainings in a month around the country at this point, and we're excited to be able to do that.
2: Yeah, and if people are interested in wanting to take part in that, where would they go?
3: Uh, so, yeah, they will go to um, the grassrootsleadershipacademy.com and I think it's actually just grassrootsleadershipacademy.com and that will take them to see if there is a training that's in their community. Uh, we have all of our trainings listed on the website so they can go and on online and, and see those.
2: Yeah, and this definitely is a great program. Like Rachel mentioned, I, I've went through it and it's definitely what helped anyone is interested in being in grassroots activism and wanting to uh, just get the basics you know to as far as engaging in their community now one other question i wanted to ask you are a former florida state representative correct
3: that is correct yes
2: i am tell us your experiences being a florida state rep
3: Yes. Sure. So um, I was elected to the Florida House of Representatives um, back in 2008. Uh, I served the city of Tampa and all of the eastern Hillsborough County area. Not the entire part of eastern Hillsborough County, but a, a good portion of it. And um, was able to go and represent my community in the Florida House and, and work on, on things that were really important to my district. Um, we were going through a pretty significant budget crisis at the time and the state. we were going through a very hard part of the recession. And so, um, fighting, uh, back taxes and, and making sure that we were not putting in new regulations was something that was really paramount to my time in the Florida House. Um, we were looking at a billion, about $11 billion deficit at one point in time. So, uh, a lot of times political leaders want to fill those holes with, with higher taxes. And at the time, our residents couldn't pay anymore. So it was really interesting time to be elected in the legislature and, it, and really across the country, I'm sure, but especially in Florida. And um, I worked on um, higher education issues. I worked on regular K-12 uh, education. I worked, uh, I was also served on the agriculture um, committee. I was the vice chair of transportation and economic development. So um, it was a really interesting time to be part of the legislature. Uh, and then
2: also serve my community and my state in that way. Okay. And um, with, uh, I guess, with everything going on with the hurricane and, but are you, as far as getting back on the road, as far as what you're doing, as far as training with the Grassroots Leadership Academy?
3: Yeah, so um, I was able to be home this last week to kind of prepare and help my family uh, with power outages and everything else going on, and so um, I'll be back on the road getting ready to leave this week to go to uh, Wisconsin to do a training in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then I will, and I'll go next week uh, to Montana to do a certification training out there. So usually when we go into to do a state we have multiple locations where we will do a certification training at that time. So I'm excited to be able to be back on the road and doing training with our folks and um, teaching them the important skills and how to uh, mobilize. And we are um, we're going to be uh, learning some great skills on how to effectively communicate your message and your story. And so I'm excited to be able to be back out with the activists. So I really enjoy spending the most of my time.
2: So last question. Not really so much question, just want to let you just tell everyone where to go as far as for Grassroots Leadership Academy and where to find you on social media and and, and all that jazz.
3: So yes, um you can find us at the dot org and you can just go on our website and find us there. You can also find us on uh Twitter at GLA Training. And then also you can find us on Facebook, on our Facebook group as well. So any of those places you can find us, uh, we post on Twitter frequently and on Facebook frequently. And um, also, as I mentioned, on our website, you can find any of the locations that um, that have trainings going on right now. So just go to the website and you can find where those trainings. And we also have a really great blog that we post new material out pretty frequently. So if you want to go and check us out there, that's a great.
2: All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for your time and thank you for all that you're doing with the Graduate Leadership Academy.
3: Thank you so much for having me on. And as a former student, I'm very proud of all that you're doing. And I really enjoy uh, this podcast. I, 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 I listen to it actually as I travel uh, on the road. And so thank you for all that you do. And uh, you're keeping us all educated and informed. And I I appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you so much. I mean, it's definitely due to you because I get started for me. I'm pretty sure that's basically where a lot of it kind of started and going to the other sessions. So I thank you. Good.
3: Well, I'm glad I could have inspired you, and I, I appreciate your your work. And I, I'm definitely going to share it
2: with others. Yep, man. Thanks to Rachel for joining us. And as I said in the interview. Uh, Grassroots Leadership Academy is a really great program. And um, as she said, just um, go to Grassroots Leadership Academy, I think, uh, .com or .org. I forgot all of a sudden. But uh, but definitely head there. And if you want to get some tools as far as wanting to engage with your community. So I appreciate everyone listening in. And one thing I do want to mention is that, again, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name. Trend Chat 24-7. And if you like this episode or any other episode, you know, like it, share it, become a follower on Spreaker or, or, or write a review on iTunes, all that. Every bit of that is appreciated right now just to kind of so one for me so i know just to see if anyone's listening out there i guess <laughs> like hey you know i mean even in that and hearing rachel saying about listening to the podcast i'm like oh great you know it's, it's cool because so i mean i hear it from time to time but it's, it's it never gets old i mean definitely it's not for me this is only what episode 56 so <laughs> and before then i never even thought about doing a thing like this so to hear someone say hey, oh. Uh, that they listen to the podcast i really appreciate hearing it <laughs> and um even like when i look at the stats i've said this before just to see one play <laughs> on my stats i'm like hey somebody listen <laughs> that's kind of cool and that's i mean that that's how it is for me right now at least i don't I, it's not like where i'm expecting <laughs> to get like so many different plays and One thing I did want to mention right quick is that I actually looked at the stats and just trying to see what was the most listened to episode and lately because I already knew what it was before. But now it has changed. Actually, (laughs) it kind of kind of, you know, came out of nowhere for me. I'm like, oh, this is wow. And it was like far and beyond the most listened to. (laughs) And uh, actually, I'm going to replay the episode sometime this week. And I'll you know, you'll know then <laughs> which episode I'm talking about. Like I said, that being said, uh say again appreciate y'all listening. And this is available on Spreaker. Thanks to Spreaker for having me on to give me this platform, as always. It's also available on Google Play, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. So any one of those that you can find, I'm on there. Just search Trenchat. Chat. So appreciate everyone listening and Until next time, we'll chat with you later.
0: It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow. So it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market, to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.